nations to heal the black community. Welcome to another episode of the Crucial Conversations podcast. This week, we are going to be continuing our conversation on Black excellence, which we started last week. Um, yeah, so today we have uh, Dr. Antoinette, we have Dr. Frank, and we have Attorney Ava on the line. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hello. Hey. How's everybody doing? Good. Great. <laughs> that does not sound enthusiastic at all. Awesome. Man, that kind of week. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But we're talking about black excellence, so y'all gonna perk up in a second, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, today we're gonna continue the conversation from last week on black excellence part two. And so, I mean, again, we're operating in 2020 where we have experienced a lot of trauma this year, but nobody likes a consistent stream of Debbie Downing negative news. So we wanted to bring you some positive highlights of the year. Um, even though, you know, COVID has disproportionately taken so many um, Black lives from us this year, we have also, in light of everything that's happened, COVID, I mean, just the countless racial tensions that we've observed, the countless deaths that have happened, um, we have a lot of new allies of non-Black people who have come to join this fight against the injustices. Um, many of who didn't necessarily oppose the Black community prior, but they were, for whatever reason, unaware of the magnitude of how the black community was impacted and some of the violence that has you know, we experience on a regular basis. And so I think that there's some beauty to that and I, I don't see enough people talking about it. Uh, so ladies, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? As far as advocating the increased number of advocates for the black community? Well, I'll say that I think it's great. Um, I'm seeing it in interesting places. Um, and just in conversations with people, I feel like allies and other advocates are showing up more in the workplace where you generally did not see that. Um, but I think people have gotten a lot more comfortable with being an ally and being publicly vocal because for some reason, companies are in a space now where um, they're truly supporting diversity and actually calling um, racial injustice by its name. And um, so I think that I've seen a lot more of that uh, this year than I have in the past, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I like seeing this as long as it is authentic, right? And I say that because I, I see a lot of people kind of jumping on the bandwagon with, you know, the hashtag, um, you know, Black Lives Matter or something like that. So as long as it's authentic, some of it I just kind of feel like um, is a, a little contrived, but the ones who are really standing up and actually showing their support more than just like a caption on the screen, 
I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I think one of my favorite ones to see was the, um, I don't know if you guys watch uh, football. <laughs> you know, um, I am a Tua Tungabaloa fan, so I'm all things Alabama. Um, can we roll tight? But anyway, so, but... <laughs> But anyway, I, I love the thing that Coach Saban and the team did. I was like, you doing it, Coach Saban. I, I loved it. I just loved everything that, that the team did. And so when I really see that they are, are, are authentic in their um, support and not just because we want more ratings or whatever the case may be, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, I'm with that. I 100%. I like there are certain um, brands that I love their commercials. And I love the fact that it's not just their commercials, it's their policies. Mm -hmm. um, like for instance, Citibank, for instance, I don't know if you've seen some of their commercials, but they have some amazing, like really thought out commercials. Um, and there's, there's many other places, like there's football teams, there's, you know, all kinds of other financial institutions. There are sports um, uh, apparel companies, like a bunch of different, <laughs> like pretty much every industry. I will say there are some people who have been called out about uh, their lack of involvement or support for diversity, like and actually saying something, speaking up and saying something. Um, and some of those companies I personally have boycotted, like they are on my do not shop list or I've experienced where certain companies, they didn't speak up about it, but they might donate to causes that are anti-Black Lives Matter. I'll just say that. Uh, and those people are also on my do not shop list. You will not get a dime of my money because, yeah, no, I, I am a proud supporter of Black business, have always been a proud supporter of Black businesses, um, but even more so if you are a black business or you are a business who supports black lives and all lives for that matter, I'm there. And I know like somebody listening, did you just say all lives? I did say all lives because I want, I want to give my money to people who don't, don't discriminate regardless if, if I'm black, Latino, uh, whatever it, you know, like if you're going to support people, support people, um, but don't sit here and you publicly not taking a stance to me, just like Ava said in something else that she's mentioned previously, you sitting by and letting other people practice, um, these, these unjust policies and everything else. And you not speaking up to me is just as bad as you also saying something really derogatory or um, being blatant about uh, being racist. It's just as bad. So yes, by all means, if you are anti-racist, you should be anti-racist. Mm -hmm. And sitting by and saying nothing makes you complicit, in my opinion. So with that though, I mean, we have this highlight of black excellence in 2020. So like for instance, we have all of our, I mean, all of us are young professionals here, but we grew up with those 90s sitcoms, you know, girlfriends, we had sister, sister, we had, oh my God, uh, Moesha, um, even the Parkers, 
uh, what was the one with um, Flex? Oh, um, oh my gosh. I watched it all the time. Was it one-on-one? I think so. I think it was. I think it was one-on-one. And the game. You can't forget the game, though. Yeah, the the game was one of my favorites. You know what, though? Um, I think I'm older than you guys, right? Because I didn't grow up with these shows. I was already grown. (laughs) I was grown already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm trying to think. Um, I might have been grown with the game, but living single, I might have been a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll have to do an age check later. The only two, I think, of those that came out when I was in, like, high school were, like, Moesha, Sister, Sister, everything else. I was in college or beyond. Mm -hmm. But it was still kind of nice to grow up and seeing a a different type. First of all, it's it's nice to see yourself represented on TV. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. But it's also nice to see yourself represented in something that's not gang related or from a broken family or... You know, just all the stereotypes that Black people and Black families have been labeled as for so long. Um, And the fact that Netflix and some of these other streaming services are starting to show more of these sitcoms in 2020 is a beautiful thing. I know, like, it's nice because we're home and most of us have probably watched way more TV than usual. (laughs) For sure. But... um, (laughs) I think there's a beauty to that and being able to celebrate black voices. I mean, even with the books that have come out, there's so many black authors who have been highlighted and awarded this year as well. So it's just, it's nice for people to be able to see the black community do it through a different lens where it's not the stereotype. It's not, it's just not the typical black media. I'll say. Um, And shout out to Tyler Perry, who has changed the game for the Black community all around. I mean, I know people say all kinds of different things about Tyler Perry, but I I personally have a lot of respect for that man. (laughs) A lot. I mean, he he did what he could with what he had at the time. And as time went on... um, you know, his craft improved. Yeah, his his quality improved. Sometimes. I <laughs> think. <laughs> I mean, look, we have to call a spade a spade. Sometimes, and then sometimes. But he employs lots of black people. Yeah. And you know, I appreciate him. <laughs> there, are, there are some great things to be said about our brother Tyler Perry. I mean, I know some of the I mean shows, I mean it's a little, I don't know, it's a little wrong to for me. Some of it is, but but I That's admire the, the hustle, I admire the grind, I admire the tenacity, you know what I mean? I admire the fact, I mean, one of the, and I don't even know how true this is, I just heard it like somewhere on Facebook or whatever with, um, gosh, oh boy, from the Cosby show who was working at Trader Joe's, the oldest one's husband. Oh, <laughs> Remember, they um, he was he was spotted in Trader Joe's working as a checker, oh, and wow. somebody was like, "Why are you 
in here working as a checker and they slammed him like all over social media. Oh, wow. I did that. Like, I did too. The man is, I mean, he's, he's making a living, you know? Right. Yeah. right. And so, uh, one of the things that I read on my on my feeds, I didn't fact check it, but you know, I think Tyler Perry was going to pick him up because a lot of people was tagging Tyler Perry in some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He couldn't find um, work or whatever the case may be. And so uh, that was the rumor. So I'm gonna have to look that up to fact check it to see whether or not that was actually the case that we were going to start seeing him in some of Tyler Perry's um, shows or whatever the case wow. may be. I said that to say, yes, I love the fact that he is employing um, Black folk. Right. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and, and Dr. Giselle, listen, I, I, I love all folk. I really do. I do. You know what I mean? My husband and I, we pastor a multicultural church. You know what I mean? We do. But listen, I like seeing, you know, Black folks in, in places that is not, you know, looked at as like second class citizens and all that kind of stuff. I like seeing us in in high places, you know what I mean? Whether it's on the TV screen, you know, whether, you know, they are the owner of this and you know the CEO of that. I mean, I, I love that. That that provides hope for, for me, that provides hope for my black nephews and you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And yeah, that positive representation is so important. You know, talking about the old shows like Living Single and you know, Maxine Shaw, you know, she oh, was your like, lawyer? Right. yeah, she was like an attorney. She was a little crazy, but you know, she was still, you right. know, a, a black attorney on TV. Yes. And so um, I can't sit here and say I saw her and that made me want to become a lawyer, but it's still a positive representation for, for young people, you know, and I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, is. Absolutely. I mean, and remember girlfriends too, because we had um, Joan Clayton, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is uh, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm-hmm. She, she, she was a, a, a lawyer. And <laughs> I would lie if I said that that ain't how we act, because we be like that sometimes all the <laughs> Why do they make the lawyers look crazy all the time? Joan was a little crazy too. She was. was my favorite though. It was my favorite too. You know, I'm sure no one would say that I'm crazy, so I'm gonna separate myself from those yeah, ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, you might find some people that say the same thing about me. But I, I'm gonna have to find out why we're always portrayed like that. Yeah, yeah, that that would be some good research right there. But it's certainly made for good TV. It's certainly made for good TV. Y'all are hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, Well, I mean, see, and there's so much positivity going on. And I mean, outside of the the, um, sitcoms, like we had a lot of Black actors, well, mostly actresses, who really, um, who won awards this year. So like the Emmy Awards. You had Carrie Washington and Zendaya uh, and Regina King who won awards. And um, I believe Tyler Perry received the governor's award for basically, like you said, Antoinette, opening the door for yeah. all of these people. And yeah. that's why I have so much respect for him is because even though like people have things to say about how he did it it's the fact that he did it and he did not wait for someone to hand him 
or applaud him for in for that matter. He was like, look, I'm going to do this with or without you. Right. And him being brave and just continuing to walk in his passion and his vision and his purpose has opened the doors for so many other people to also reach their dreams. And yeah, I mean, whether it's their first <laughs> show or not i mean some of the shows some of these these more current shows that are tyler perry i'm like oh lord this is a whole nother level of drama right here um specifically the ones that are like on own and like the um the cable shows. i know which one you're talking about those are the ones that i'm just like um <laughs> this is um borderline like x-rated Right, 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 and I wouldn't even say borderline. Like, <laughs> hey, I was like, I, mean, I, I had so to put online that the have and have not. So I was like, okay, show's over, show's over for me. I was like, man, Tyler, you always mess yourself up. I was, I mean, I was having a good old time. That was like my guilty pleasure. I was like, oh man, all right, let me find something else. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. funny. Well, an exciting story that I read um, was about um, Viola Davis when she purchased the former plantation where she was born. I thought that that was like a nice personal um, accomplishment. And then um, also just kind of in the, in the mindset of Black people buying property, um, thinking about, I think it was 19 families in Georgia that pooled their money to buy some acreage, almost a hundred acres of land. Um, I just think that's pretty awesome. So, you know, somebody well known, but then just on a lower level, regular people like us doing major things together. I think that's kind of another win that happened this year. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I'm like, shoot, you giving me ideas. Like y'all, y'all wanna buy some land? <laughs> Let's go find yeah. some cheap land to buy. <laughs> I'm always looking. So has anybody seen the show Dear White People on Netflix? I've seen a couple episodes. What were your thoughts about it? Ooh, it's been a minute. Um, this is the one with the girl that's in college and she's like writing these letters and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since I saw an episode, so I, I can't be fresh with my, with my thoughts on it. Well, the, the reason why I asked... And it's okay. I haven't watched it in a while either. But <laughs> a lot of people have mentioned that 2020 is like a real life Dear White People situation where it's been a lot of epiphanies that the Black community have pretty much always had. Um, but because of COVID and unfortunately the murder of George Floyd and I mean so many other people now Brianna Taylor and I, I guys if I started listing this list it would be from now until tomorrow unfortunately um, but with all of that being said and because initially COVID was like the great equalizer right because it felt like everybody felt the threat of COVID to some degree when it first came out until the statistics were hmm, it is killing mostly black and brown people. And then all of a sudden things slightly changed. But what that did do was it showed 
it showed a lot of white people that, hey, yeah, maybe you guys were right. Maybe we do have a certain level of privilege that we have taken for granted until now. And more and more people are starting to do something about it. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's the case? Do you think that people are reaching when they say that? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. It seems like 2020 has kind of just been the perfect storm of um, racial tension brewing, a president who promotes um, racism, um, killings constantly being caught on camera, COVID-19. I think that it's probably a combination of all of those things really bringing everything to the forefront. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I agree. And I agree with you. I think that what this is was really um, with something that we didn't realize that was coming the pandemic. It actually allowed us to like sit back and bring everything else to a boiling point because it's not like any of these things were new. Black, black and brown people were being killed on camera before, um, but because we were all stuck, everybody was stuck in the monotony of the days. Nobody yeah. really took a set step back to realize how frequently or how severe this was happening to the point where George Floyd murder came out, and it was just so blatant to the extent of you can there is no there was basically a disregard for life and to and to the point where you you can see the officer you can everything was being recorded and the, just like the total disregard to just be like why are you on his neck and why are you on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds um imagine if we weren't all quarantined and this video came out would would it have the same effect and I don't, I don't know if it would. I, I, I agree. It probably would not have. I think we would have had distractions and not just we, but everyone would have had distractions. And it's like, you know, the video happens, but your game was coming on, you know, sports had stopped or you wanted to go to your show or your play or your, uh, you know, whatever it was that you had to do, usually things happen, but then you move on with your day, your week, your month, your vacation, and everything just goes away. But there's been nothing to distract. And so you know, everyone's been kind of left to simmer in some of these other uh, things that are, that are important that we may have, you know, moved on from otherwise. You know, and I think that <clears throat> people are feeling pressured to take a stand right now because, I mean, I agree with um, some of the things that have been said in regards to, like, th this is not new stuff. This has always happened. I mean, but there wasn't always a camera available to pick up on all of these things. And so mm -hmm. now, because we're in the social media generation and um, everybody is looking for a story, right? Um, and some way to kind of make their name known or whatever the case may be. So now it's more like in our faces and we can't ignore it anymore. I mean, because, I mean, remember we used to say things like ignorance was bliss, right? So it's like... Mm -hmm. 
I mean, if I don't know about it, then it's like, you know, it's not my problem. It's not my issue. But it's like, no one can say they don't know about it. Right? Because it's, it's everywhere you go. It's on our newsfeed. It's in the newspaper. You know, it's on, yeah. on the, the, the TV news. It's everywhere. It's on a billboard. It's like everybody is talking about these things, right? And so people are kind of being forced and pressured to take a stand. And so nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, because some people do kind of want to be known as like those who was like, you know, I, I just don't think that, you know, you know, that we should care that much about Black folk or whatever the case. I mean, cause some people believe that way, right? But I mean, nobody like in their intelligent mind wants to be known as a racist, right? And so people are kind of standing up to say, uh-uh, not me. Uh-uh, no, I, I, I think this way about people. Um, Black Lives Matter. And then, you know, and, you know, so all of these different things. So yeah, so that, that, that is my thought about that. I just think that people are being pressured to take a stance because I think for once in America's history, like, like somebody is looking at you and like saying, you better respond to this. Like, what is your mm -hmm. thought about this? Like more so than like ever mm -hmm. before. And so I think now all of these things are coming out. Yeah, I agree with all of you actually. It's, um, I think a little bit of all of the elements together made for <laughs> pretty much the longest Black History Month in history because it's just been this ongoing focus on um, inclusion mandates. And um, you had like even uh, the Reddit co-founder, forgot the name, but um, Alex, Alex O stepped down so that someone else could have a quote unquote seat at the table, which we've had that conversation about seat at the table before and what that means and how we feel about that. So I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> But I thought that that was a pretty bold gesture to step out, step down out of your C-suite position so that someone else could, um, you know, have more representation or offer wow. more representation for your company. Um, you said that was Reddit. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. I have yeah, to I thought that was a really big move. I mean, who does that? Mm -hmm. That's you have to be really convicted uh, to do something like that. Um, and then the fact that we saw the BET Awards on CBS. I mean, because honestly, I hadn't seen the BET Awards in years. And then all of a sudden, it's on TV. And I was just like, wait, I don't have BET. How am I watching the BET Awards? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not trying to be funny, but I just, I have Hulu. Hulu, BET is not on Hulu, so. <laughs> and I don't have cable. Um, so, but but that's, there's something to be said about that, even though I do believe CBS owns BET, but uh, mm -hmm. some, some other things with CBS that I'm not going to really, some not so the great white, things. The white but, people own BET. Huh? The white people own BET. Exactly. They do. But CBS has done some other kind of fraudulent things with Simon. Um, in 2020 also but this is a positive episode and we're not going to focus on those negative things so i'm not going to talk about those um but i i did think that that was pretty cool um and then the fact like we said that netflix is acquiring all of these black tv shows is so dope like we've had um a lot of um 
communities that have had mental health discussions in the black community as well this year, which I think that is a huge win because historically we have just not embraced mental health. That's just not been our Mm -hmm. MO. Antoinette, I see you over there just like, yes, right. Yes. (laughs) I know it's your baby. Um, But we have to have these conversations and that's what this podcast is all about. It's the crucial conversations and turning the horrible situations into something positive to actually come mm-hmm. together and talk about it. But I, I would say on top of this, we can't, we, we can't be satisfied with just being honorable mention or getting this participation trophy, which like when we had the blackout day, all the companies that were basically like, Oh, we're going to put a black square on our social media accounts. And then you heard nothing, you heard nothing from them. Um, and we don't want need every company to be Ben and Jerry either. Um, but we do want some accountability and some progress to be to be made then. I mean, our goal really is is to set the tone for the next generation, just like the generation before us mm-hmm. has set the tone before us. Me and some of my colleagues are just talking about how nowadays in the professional setting, it's more acceptable to like wear dreads. Because before, in order to be go to interviews, everybody would have to either cut their beards, cut their dread, cut their dreads, just to go to the interview to be to to be accepted. Because if you didn't, you you risk not not getting that position. So, the goal now is to say set a found. This is the foundation, but we need to continue to build on that. We need to de- demand more. I do agree with you, and from a black woman's perspective, I remember when. Earlier in my career, I would go on an interview and I would always straighten my hair. I would not have any type of ethnic style, no braids. I definitely would not rock my Afro, no twist outs, nothing like that. I would get my hair straightened. And I know some people are probably like, oh, that's the most. But growing up in the South, that wasn't the most. That was the norm. Like you knew that when you're going on an interview, you straighten your hair. And I'm so glad that. I don't have to do that anymore. I can rock my braids. I can rock my twist out. I can do whatever I want and show up as authentically me. And I don't feel, I'm sure somebody out there probably does, but I personally just don't care if someone perceives me as, I don't, I don't know what they would perceive me as, but a black woman, like, and that's all I care about. Like I am me. And I think there's a lot to be said and just that level of progress that we've made in the past 20 years of being able to rock our natural styles and show our true style, whether it's clothing, whether whatever it is, and be able to just be authentic. Yeah, that's definitely another positive of 2020. Um, like you, Dr. Cecil, when I used to go on interviews, I remember the first time I cut my hair off, I cut it off, grow it back, cut it off, grow it back. When I went on an interview, I put on a wig. You know, I wasn't having my little short natural hairstyle to go to the interview. Now, on Monday morning when I come in for the job, I'll have my natural hair. (laughs) But I would wear a wig to the interview. But one thing, you know, that's good about 2020 is that this year there's been a lot of legislation that's passed around um, anti-hair discrimination in multiple states. Um, I believe California, California. 
New Jersey and New York um, and some other places, I believe, also this year. So that's another positive out of 2020, getting that anti-hair discrimination legislation passed. So yeah, another silver lining there. Yes, yes, yes. And to, to wrap up this episode, uh, we wanted to honor the fallen of 2020. We talked about how you know, there's so much to learn from many of the people who um, we, we perceive as Black heroes. Um, even though this person that I'm about to mention is not Black, I do have a very high regard for her. And that is RBG, uh, who actually passed away this week. Uh, for those who don't know who I'm speaking of, that is Supreme Justice. Is that the right word, Ava? Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. Yes. Supreme Court Justice. Justice. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Said from our resident attorney. Thank you. Thank <laughs> uh, the sheep, she passed away this week. And, um, you know, I actually learned more about what she did after her death because it just peaked my, like, you know, you hear about people, you know, okay, this person's pretty dope. This person does it. <laughs> but then when you actually research about them and learn, I mean, that woman overcame so many things in her own life just to achieve the levels that she did. And even though she's not black, I mean, she's Jewish. And when she was coming up, there were a lot of um, racial biases towards Jews, um, very similar to how things are towards black people even now. Um, but she defied a lot of odds. I mean, she did so much for not just for women's rights and women's equity, but just equity across the board. And many of the things that the black community was able to gain within the um, civil rights movement started with some of her work, some of her earlier work on addressing inequity. Uh, although RBG and myself did not share the same politics, she was an amazing woman. And I love the things that she stood for, I mean, as it relates to standing up for what you believe and going for Baroque about it. And there was one quote um, specifically that I, that I liked. And so I had to look it up because I wanted to quote her the way she said it. It says, to make life a little better for people less fortunate than you. That's what I think a meaningful life is. One lives not just for oneself, but for, one, for one's community. Hmm. I agree. That's that's very timely, given that we are in the midst of COVID. I wish everybody felt that way. No, yeah, but it's also very timely in the regards to Black excellence, because um, part of this is living for others to the legacy we live behind so that um, individuals don't have to go through what we go through. I, I'm part of this group of uh, 25 Black black physicians and we each have us we oh it's black males black male physicians who we each have a story about something that happened to us during our time trying to achieve our goals that was basically atrocious and it's like and to see that and to bring a group together and you see 
how many of us have really faced adversity is way too common. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So, 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 so true. We, we suffered so the people behind us can have a, can have a better path. Mm. And that's definitely the way it should be. That is the way it should be. Absolutely. So as we wrap up this episode, um, you know, I wanted to kind of just pay homage to some of the fallen this year. And so kind of wanted us to just all take a moment to realize these people. And so we have Lou Brock, who is a baseball icon. We have coach John Thompson from Georgetown University. We have Chadwick Bozeman, who was a real life superhero, an actor and an activist. We have Bob Ryland, who was the first black tennis player to go professional. Uh, he also coached the Williams sisters. Uh, we have James Kamala, the Ugandan Harris, who was a former professional wrestler. We have Herman Cain, who was a Republican, a businessman who ran for president, uh, and his last public appearance was at Trump's rally. Uh, John Lewis, who was a civil rights icon, and his famous phrase, good trouble, is something I feel we should all try to live up to on a daily basis. We have Jazz Waters, a television writer who is also known as Jazz Fly, who pins scripts for hit shows like This Is Us, who's died. Guys, I love This Is Us. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, Bonnie Pointer, one of the four siblings who made up the Pointer Sisters group. Uh, Wes Unseld, the venerable NBA Hall of Famer, who was the star on the Washington Bullets. Johnny Cobb, the legendary jazz drummer, and who was the last surviving member of the sessions that created Kind of Blue. Wilson Roosevelt German, who was a former longtime butler who worked at the White House, and he served 11 presidents, including President Barack Obama. Shad Gaspert, a professional wrestler turned actor and author. Gregory Tyree Boyce, an actor in Twilight in 2008 and Apocalypse in 2018. Fred L. Davis, who was a civil rights activist in Memphis. He is also a city council member and a businessman who marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Betty Wright, who uh, had the award-winning song, Clean Up Woman, and it was used as a sample in both Beyonce and Mary J. Blige's songs. Little Richard, our rock and roll pioneer. Uh, he was on Sesame Street. I don't know if anybody remembers that episode. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had Andre Harrell, hip-hop music producer who was discovered by Diddy. Bill Withers, who is a soul singer. Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, our Black Mamba. Katherine Johnson, our NASA mathematician, who was the star in the Hidden Figures movie. We have B. Smith, restaurateur in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Janet Dubois, Wilnona Woods, 
on good times. Everybody knows. Well, Nona, but she passed away this, this year. Esther Scott, who was an actress in both TV and movie um, sitcoms. We have Boys in the Hood and uh, 90210, as well as Birth of a Nation. We have Chi-Chi Devanye, reality TV star, died at 34. James S. Jackson, who was the founder of the program for research on Black Americans. Sylvester Francis, who was a cultural historian. And there's so many, many others. But we wanted to take the time to highlight these positive individuals. And some, some people might feel uh, not so positive about a couple of people on the list. But in essence, these people made history. These people gave of themselves to the culture. They gave of themselves to this country. And for that, they should be remembered forever, in my opinion, because Black history is American history. And it should not be, it shouldn't be separated and it shouldn't be forgotten. So with that, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Crucial Conversations podcast. And next week, we will be talking about Breonna Taylor. We will be talking about some of the nuances around the lack of conviction for these police officers who murdered her in her own home. And yeah, stay tuned for next week. Crucial conversations to heal the black community. Oh, oh we will. Yes, sir.